Okay. So. I just want to talk about what today felt like. So I woke up today and I just felt like. Like something is so off. Something really weird is going on. And to be quite honest, it does kind of feel like like I'm not like I'm not being like I don't know like I'm. Maybe being pushed out of this fight. But I don't want to fight as hard as I've been fighting. I don't want to keep fighting like that. Because, you know, it just feels so dumb. Like, it just feels so dumb. It feels so... I'm exhausted. Like, I trust God, and I trust what God is doing, but this is not God's plan for me. His plan for me is different. This is just, like, a detour, and, like, I can only blame myself for that, but at the same time, like, it's it's kind of frustrating because, like, I don't know. I'm just trying to trust God anyways. I'm just trying to trust God anyways, no matter what. So I had this vision, and in this vision, I was, like, running throughout the city that looked more like my city, and I was with this young girl who reminds me of, like, kind of like a girl I would hang out with when I was in, like, the second and third grade, but, like, just like a cool, cool little girl, you know? Somebody who really matched my personality. But all in all, we run into the city and we're just fighting. Like, we're running, I believe, from fallen angels. I always catch myself in these visions running from these fallen angels. You know? Fighting them and just eluding them. So I'm just running from these fallen angels. Me and this girl, we're running from these fallen angels. And we're running through houses and through backyards jumping off porches out of windows over fences like it's just fighting everywhere and all I know is like men are just popping up and I just have to be brave enough to like fight them no matter what and they're just like grabbing me and we're fighting and like I'm picking up weapons I'm just hitting them over the head with it I'm just fighting giving everything I got but I'm just doing everything I can to buy myself more time and run. And I'm helping this girl. But at the same time, I started to notice that, like, when I started looking around, like, if I stop fighting and I just, like, there's a moment in time where I am, like, distracted by something or caught off guard, they all stop. All the fallen angels just, like, stop. And they kind of just, like, wait for the fight to resume. And I feel like that was very weird because... In a real fight, that second that you took that that distracted you would have cost you your life. But instead, they kind of wait like it's like an act, like it's a movie or something. Like, all right, now resume. You know, pause. All right, now go. And I'm just like, that's not how real fights are. So is I'm, am I really fighting? So I start doubting if I'm really fighting. And every time I doubt whether I'm really fighting, then they try and scare me again. And they try and, like, make it seem more real. Like, you know... Let's see if you're really fighting, you know. Are you going to let me kill you? And so then I start fighting them again. But I still don't really trust that it's real. But I'm just like, whatever, I'm going to run anyways. Because I don't know. But I guess if I just stop running, if I just stop running, then they're just going to keep coming at me. And I guess I could let them hit me or I could let them just come at me and just not participate at all. But it's like... I don't know, like, if you're on a treadmill, it's like, you know you're not going anywhere, but if somebody turn it on, you know, you know that if you stay standing still on it, it's going to pull you back. You're going to you're gonna fly off of it. 
But you like you have to start walking with it if it gets turned on. So that's kind of how it feels. But it's like it's so frustrating to me because it's like, oh, my God, it's not real. I'm not going anywhere. But even still, like I find benefits in it, just like on a treadmill, the benefits are you lose weight, regardless if you're going anywhere or not. And, you know, I still find benefits in it. Like the benefit of no fear, having no fear when they're like chasing me and like learning how to not fear them. Like eventually I'll build up enough strength and enough like courage that they can't even scare me with death threats and stuff like that and chasing me around and stuff. But I still don't want them to catch me because when they're around me, they just it just gives me such an uncomfortable feeling. They make me feel super uncomfortable. So I just don't want to be around them. So I run, but I notice it's not real. But then a couple times I saw my friend, a so-called friend, I would see her and I would be wanting to fight for her. And I was just like, don't fight hard for her. Because a few times I would see her like talking to them when I'm like busy, so busy fighting and stuff. She would be like talking to them behind my back, expecting me not to notice that she is, you know, talking to them and I would look and I would see it like so she's actually like with them working with them like I thought we were fighting them running from them you're talking to them and it just threw me so it just threw me off guard it threw me off guard and I was just like what is the point of this what really is the point you know if this not a real fight why am I fighting so so much I guess it's to drain my energy and to keep me distracted. And why, you know, it looks like she's saving my life. And it looks like she's actually for me. And it looks like we actually have a real connection as far as, like, we could be, like, best friends or something. Like, we like we get each other. And it's nothing. What is the point of all this? And I realize, like, that's literally how Satan works, you know. Satan, he knows that behind everything is just a battle about good and bad. So anytime you are not doing what God wants you to do, absolutely 100%, you're making excuses for different things or you're just trying to, you know, find any reason not to just do what God says and be obedient. Every distraction that you feed into everything, every lie that he tells you, every excuse that you make, that's all a distraction of Satan. So he's keeping you distracted while he just like, keeps you from what you're supposed to be doing but the second that you block all of that out and you just do what god says no matter what you hear no matter what they make you feel like no matter the excuse that i'm not perfect i can't you know i I make mistakes i'm just human ignoring all of that and just rising to the occasion no matter what it takes that's when you really start noticing that nothing that he says or does or anything that goes on in this world really matters outside of god what he tells us to do and it all seems so important like my job seems important my family seems important school you know college a degree seems important you know you know being rich you know and all this other stuff it just seems so important you think it matters so much and none of it matters when you're not obedient to God and when you start being obedient to God you notice that Satan starts doing all this weird stuff like okay, so you're going to lose all your friends or everybody's going to talk about you and everybody's going to laugh at you and, you know, you're not going to be accepted. You're not going to be able to go to school. You're not going to be able to do all these things. And it's going to look like you're losing everything. And it's going to look like everything hurts so bad. And it's going to look like, you know, the world is ending and like you're just suffering so much. Well, really, none of it is real and it's all a distraction. None of it matters. And... It's just like them pulling you back into this fight, pulling you back into this fake fight. It's not real. So in reality, I realized that the only way out of this fight is to be obedient to God. That's the only way, you know, that I'll see that whatever it is I'm running from, whatever it is I'm running towards, whatever it is I'm fighting, it's not real. It's not a real fight. It's all a distraction. But I'm having an issue doing that because... When I get on my knees to pray, I have to fight for my mind. It's a distraction. When I get on my knees to pray, I hear 
different people with their opinions and it sounds like betrayal and it sounds like all this other stuff being set up against me it's all the distraction schemes plots it's all the distraction you know things start being thrown at the wall things start you know falling from the sky all this weird stuff starts happening it's all a distraction and I get distracted I allow myself to be distracted and I've noticed that for so long that you know it doesn't matter. None of it really does matter, even though your body, your flesh reacts. Your flesh reacts. So, like, I'm on my knees, and my knees are burning. They are aching, and my body just hurts so bad. And I just want to lay down so bad, or I just want to relax so bad, and it's all a distraction. It's like, how can you say that's a distraction? That's real pain. You can't ignore that pain in your body. You can't ignore those sur- the surging of the pain and, the, you know, just the, like, it feels like you're being stabbed. It feels like, you know, just like all this different stuff. You can't ignore that. That's real pain. How can you say it's just a distraction? And it is. Ultimately, it turns out to be just a distraction. Once you get up and you walk away and you felt like whatever it is that stopped the pain was needed, you had to do it. Like, what choice did you have? Like, you know, what was I supposed to do? You find out, like, you know, you were just supposed to get past it. You were just supposed to suffer until it didn't hurt anymore. You were supposed to take your mind off of any and everything, no matter what it was, and focus on God. And so some would say, well, then, is it? how do you know that God isn't a distraction? How do you know that that's what's the most real thing out of all of it? And it's like, the only way I've known, the only way I've seen this is that when I really fought all these distractions, no matter how hard it was, and trust me, it was so hard because they really tried to convince me. Like, you look dumb. You're in pain for no reason. Get up. It's not working. That's not doing anything. And they they went hard. They did everything they was doing before. They didn't, they did, they, they, they made it look like it really doesn't matter because it, no matter how hard I tried, no matter how hard I fought, they, it seemed like no power was leaving them at all. Until I stayed on it. And when I stayed on it, I just start noticing things break off of me in that spirit. Spiritually, they just start breaking off of me. Things start changing inside of me spiritually. You know, I started to hear a different conversation after a while. After you're not listening anymore. After it doesn't matter what they're talking about. And I mean, it takes a long time. And I mean, it hurts really bad. Because... If you ever wait for it, you're never going to hear it. You're never going to hear it. No matter how long you stay up there, if you're waiting for it, you're never going to hear it. But this, but it, And it's not going to happen the second you stop waiting. You have to stop waiting and stop looking for it and forget about it completely. Then you'll hear it and you're like, oh, you know, that's confirmation. Not that I needed it anymore. Because you're there. Because you believe. You have to believe. And and then it's so, like I said, it's difficult. Because people will then, by then, tell you then, you're just believing what you want to believe at that point. Because the, the fact that you already believe it, it just became true. It's whatever you believe in this world. You make it true with your belief. And you know what? That is sort of true in a way. But whether I believe God or not, he's still real. And that he has shown me. That is true. And it it, it doesn't change. That doesn't change no matter what. And you know what? Whether I believe in, you know, the satanic power, Satan and his minions and all the things that he's doing in hell or heaven or not, it's still real. It's still happening. You know, I could go off into this world and I could live a normal life and I could do everything, you know, whatever. I could do everything and anything I wanted to do if I just believed that I could do it. And it wouldn't make a difference. And nothing would be able to stop me besides myself, of course. But, you know, just because you don't believe that you're in a car driving, does that mean you're not in a car driving? All of a sudden, we say, I stop believing I'm in this car. All of a sudden, are you just floating in there down the street? It's still You're still in the car. So just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's not still going on around you. Doesn't make it not doesn't make it unreal. It's just you don't believe it. So you saying you believe it makes it real. It's just as good as saying, you know, if you don't believe it, it disappears. I don't believe in that house right there and it just disappears. Go, go try it right now. 
I don't believe in those streets and then they just disappear. I don't believe in this world. Now we don't live in a world anymore. You know, it's still here. You just choose to, you know, you're choosing to focus on what you want to focus on. You know, you can focus on something and you could start blocking out every other distraction. And that's, you know, belief. But that doesn't mean that it's not still there. So I understand that same logic can be applied to God, you know. So you're just believing in God and you're just blocking out every other perspective or logic or religion or whatever, you know, in this world. And just because you believe in God doesn't mean they no longer exist or that they're not real or that it's not rational or that it's not logic. It's just that you may, you're focusing on what you choose to focus on. And that is a fact. That is a fact. The only issue with that is, you know, and I forgot what I was going to say. The only issue with that is that, you know, I'm seeing, I'm seeing results. I'm getting results, you know, and this is so real for me. I can't tell you what to choose for you. And also my belief in it isn't automatically going to block out all distractions. Or my tendency to focus only on it isn't automatically going to block out all distractions. You know, some people might believe that if you really have enough willpower that you could really make that building disappear just because you don't want it there. So maybe it's not my willpower then. Maybe I just don't have enough willpower to completely get get rid of evil because that's what I want more than anything in this world. But if I build up enough, enough willpower, then we can actually be living in world peace if I believe it. It really just depends on how you see it. That being said, I believe in God. He's there no matter what. And, of course, somebody would say, well, that's just your belief. And I, you know, I just, I don't want to fight on about that anymore. <laughs> I don't want to argue about that anymore because I'd be talking myself in circles. Whether I believe in God or not, he's manifested himself. He's shown himself to be real. And I do believe in him. So, yes, I understand that. You know, when I feel like I'm suffering, everybody's just like, go live your life. How long are you going to sit around wasting your life? You have to go live your life, make the best of it. You know, life is too short for you to be, you know, waiting around for anything. Like, no matter what it is, God will want you to get up and live your life. God wouldn't even want you to stay here. And the fact of the matter is, despite what everything that is is going on around me being real or not, it is real. But despite these things going on around me, I could still go out and live my life and I could still, you know, move forward in my life. But I noticed that my belief in God and what I chose to focus on is what manifested this in the first place. So you could say it's all in my head, but, you know, it's not like I can get video proof for you because for some odd reason, every single time I'm searching for video proof, it's almost combating and, you know, it's like it's the it's it's combating what it is that's actually going on so like they're not gonna let me catch it on video and even if they do let me catch it on video you know anybody I show it to would not even but either wouldn't believe me or wouldn't care they just be a part of what's going on seeing as how they can control most people so post it to the internet and just let random people see it and see how people react and I've done things like that too and I see that you know, people, whether they choose to believe or not, they don't really have enough power to pull me out of the situation regardless. I still have to do what's necessary to make things happen and see, you know, I still have to do what's necessary to survive regardless. People can say, I believe it. I remember back when I first saw these conspiracy videos about the same thing I'm going through right now. And I'll be like, you know what? I believe that. I believe that this stuff's hap- this stuff happens. But, I, you know, I wonder how real it really is, though, you know? Who is this happening to? And, you know, what it would be like to actually be in that position and all the other stuff. And, you know, I was just thinking about that earlier. And now I'm here and I'm in this position. Now I know what it's like. And it's like, what did I actually do for those people, though? When I, when I noticed that this stuff is happening, when I really did believe the worst they were saying this stuff is going on, what did I do? What was I supposed to do? 
Was I supposed to learn as much as I can and prevent or, you know, help myself if I ever find myself in that situation and then educate others with what I've learned? So whoever chooses to believe it will know going forward because that's really all I can do. Or was I supposed to suit up like a superhero and go save whoever it is, even though if this if these conspiracy theories are really actually true, I wouldn't even know where to look. I wouldn't know where to find them. And I probably, it wouldn't be much that I can do for them, given that, you know, as they said, most of the control is through media, through law enforcement, through the government, through this world. They're enforcing their control in so many different ways. So it's not really much that we can do if we're not all doing it as a whole. One more person is not going to do nothing but be, you know, brutalized just as much, placed right in that situation. And then, you know, you try to get everybody on board and everybody's on board with their self. Selfish. I don't want to believe that. I don't want to do that. No, you know. Why should I, you know, believe this? Why should I go so hard for this? You know, everybody has their own fight. So I just have to trust God. I really just have to trust God. I really wish that as a whole we could come together and take control and, you know, eliminate these type of issues. But it's, we're being mass controlled by the things that we, you know, contribute to each and every single day. Like police officers and school systems and these jobs, these companies, these phones, all of it. But that's, you know, a slight because this stuff has existed before any of these things. I don't say any of these things, law enforcement, all this kind of stuff kind of always existed. But it's like these, this stuff has existed so long. You cannot blame it on one, one, one portion or part of things one organized thing it's like the world it's just how the world is it's people you know satan has a spiritual control over a lot of people and the people who are not willing to believe in god wholeheartedly and give their life to him and be obedient to him are the ones who are going to be controlled and and sadly enough it's a majority of people so the small group of people that do want to give their lives to god and believe in him wholeheartedly you know we may be outnumbered, but we have the almighty God who is the almighty power. So we're always going to be okay, but it's just, it's so many people, a majority of people, a big mass portion of people who just don't believe. And they have a million reasons why they don't. And I pray every day that God shows them who he is, like he shows me, like he has shown me. I already believed before he showed me, but but before he had shown me, but regardless if he had shown me or not, you know, any every anything and everything that he's already shown me would have made a believer out of me and can make a believer out of anybody. I have that much confidence and belief in him. Unfortunately, like I said, it still takes. We still have to fight. We have to fight. We have to choose him. We have to fight to choose him. We have to fight our way out of slavery and sin. We have to fight our way out of our own habits and our own, you know, repetitive, habitual sin. So we have to fight repetitive behavior and we have to choose to be different and want to be different and believe in being different in order for that to change. But unfortunately, as I said, you know, majority of the world is on their you know, they choose themselves. They want to be their own gods or they choose outside of God. They choose other things than God. And it leaves us in a place where it's like they don't even believe in doing that to begin with. And since they don't believe in that, they don't even feel like the things that they need to let go of or the things that's hindering them and stopping them from moving forward needs to even be, you know, it's even the problem Then we're kind of stuck anyways because they don't want to let go of their own sin. Or they're stuck. I'm not. I'm not ever going to be stuck on with God. But I see all this to say in the next scene. All I know is I just remember myself like. Okay, so the second part of this vision, I was with my friend that I was running through the city with. That, you know, I was also told not to trust really because also was, you know, 
working with the fallen angels and kind of not a hundred percent you know for me but at the same time I realized who was I talking to that told me that she was like that and who who made me look at her you know like she wasn't a hundred percent real and who made me question her loyalty when I look behind my back and I wouldn't have no otherwise noticed that she was even doing that, talking to them and working with them. It was the fallen angels in both of our ears. I realized something that they would get to me and they would say like, look, she's not fighting as hard for you as you're fighting for her. Or don't fight it. Don't fight as hard for her as you know, don't fight that hard for her. Cause she wouldn't fight that hard for you. And when I would actually listen and I would, it would keep me, hold me back from fighting hard for for her and then I realized I was wrong and I would immediately you know try and fix it or not fight harder but just you know tell myself that I'm not going to listen to them next time I'm going to just know what I know I'm going to do my best not to keep making those same mistakes and by that time they're already in her ear telling her that I already messed up so then it's making us distrust each other but then we all then we end up coming back together and deciding that wait I'd rather trust you than trust them. And so we wound up still fighting together. But that still is like, you know, I was like, wait, but like you were just talking to them. And she was like, but wait, you were talking to them too and stuff. And then we almost distrusted each other. And he was like, wait, we can't let them, you know, make us turn against each other. We're all we got. We got to keep fighting. and We got to, you know, go. And so we kept fighting and we ran and kept running. And we eventually got caught. I noticed we got caught. So it was weird, though, because it's like they were stopping and they were like when things when I was being distracted by things and I was feeling like I was stuck, like I didn't have a chance. They were stopping and they were letting us, you know, kind of figure stuff out and then keep running. So I realized, like, why are they stopping if they really wanted to catch us, if they truly wanted to catch us, then they would we would have been caught when we just got distracted. All these different times that we're they're stopping and allowing us to regain you know, our momentum so we can start running again. It's a cat and mouse chase, but it's on purpose, so it's a distraction. So we're in the next scene. I wonder what that's for. I think that that's a very important, you know, detail because it's been like that since I was a kid. I remember the first vision I ever had of, you know, running from a demon. I was like five or six, and I had the same recurring dream for night after night after night after night after night. I had it for, I believe, years of my life. But I was a kid and I used to watch Rugrats all the time. And my sister had this sweater of Angelica and she really loved this sweater. We both kind of like liked this sweater a lot, but she really loved this sweater. She would almost never take it off. And all I know is, you know, in this dream, me, her, and my little brother, we were running around. I believe my little brother was still in diapers. We were running around in this house and... It was a house that we used to live in, and we were running up and down the hallway being chased by a demon. This demon would just scare us and just scream at us and just growl at us, and we would run out of so much fear, but we would actually start laughing. And then we would start laughing, like, you know, when you chase somebody and you just automatically just laugh or you're being chased by somebody and you automatically just start laughing. You can't help it, like, even if it's for real. And we just start laughing, and... The demon would scare us for real. Like, don't laugh. This is for real. And, like, just wanted the fear. And I noticed that whenever we would stop or we would trip over each other, we would, like, we would we would crowd into a ball because somebody would stop. We would have nowhere to go. And then everybody's crawling into a ball trying to hide behind each other because we're so scared. And the demon would just stand there and just scream at us. And it was more just for just to scare us. It was just a fear. I was thinking to myself, like, you know, I'm so scared because I'm really the one on the outside. I always ended up the one on the outside of the ball. They all, while they, while they fought to, they fought to get to the back of you know, the ball of us, knowing that we weren't safe anyway, it's just three kids, but it's just that in this vision, you know, I noticed that the demon was stopped right before when we didn't have anywhere else to go, like we should have been dead by now, like at this point, we don't have anywhere else to go, we're called into a ball, and the demon is just sitting there scaring us, just getting, just scaring us, and just growling at us, and I'm like, are we supposed to be dead by now? But why Why would I provoke the demon to kill me? I'm so scared to die. 
And the demon knew that. It's like, don't question why I haven't killed you yet. Don't question why I'm just sitting here growling in your face. Do you want to die? And it's like, it's just the fear. So I realized that Satan, he really feeds off of our fear. It's not that he can really even touch us or hurt us or do anything to us. But just the fear that we have of these things happening is what he feeds off of. But I can't say that he can't touch us or do anything to us. And this is what keeps it going. Because... All you know is you start to believe he really can't do anything to you. And then those things, then things start happening. Like, oh, Satan can't make anything happen to me. And then next, you know, you fall down the stairs and break a leg. Oh, I, I refuse to fear Satan. And then you get into a car accident. I refuse to fear Satan. And then next, thing you know, just things just start falling and tearing, being torn down in your life. And you're like, but I. I thought that he couldn't do this. I thought that he couldn't do that. But it's the fear tactics to scare you back into place. If you remain, if you remain, you know, solid on not fearing him and you don't allow him to keep provoking fear in you and keep you from anything that it is that you want to do. Anything is that God says you can do and be, then he no longer can he no longer has any power over you. But how do you do that when every single time you try to get out, he scares you back in with, you know, you know, little things like if if I say he can't touch me physically, as soon as I try and get out, I get physically hurt. And now I'm like, but I thought he couldn't touch me. And it's like he can't touch you. It's a scare tactic. But it's like he just did. So how can't he? And you don't know what to believe. Because you can't say it's a lie that he can't touch me when he just did. And so you get scared back into place. But it's like that's what he wants you. He never wants you to break out of the fear. He never wants you to really truly not be afraid of him. And he feeds off of it. Like, that's where he gets his power from. He doesn't even have real power to hurt you. He could never really kill us as children. He could never kill us, period. But he can scare us into believing that we can die. So, all I know is there was a TV, and the TV was, like, staticky. Like, it was getting no signal. And at first, it had Rugrats, I believe, on it. But then the TV was staticky, and it was getting no signal. And all I know is... The Rugrats would come on, and then the TV would go back to staticky, and all I know is he would try and pull us into the TV. He tried to steal us and pull us into the TV. And when I would get super scared, I would just fight. I would fight instead of being so scared and letting him hurt me. I would say, no, I'm not going into the TV. No, you're not going to kill me, and then I would fight. And that's when, you know, I noticed, like, he's scared of me. He's afraid of me instead, actually. But I'm too afraid to fight him all the time. I don't want to fight him every time. I'd rather run, and then when I have no choice, I'll fight him. And he's banking on that. He's like, you know, I can chase her until she is right at that point where she's ready to fight. And right when she's at that point where she's ready to fight, I'll just leave it right there. And I'll just hold it right there so that she doesn't actually start fighting me because he's afraid of me. He's afraid of the power that I have. But I had this reoccurring dream, and it was a nightmare to me for years as a child. And I always would wonder what was going on. And I would tell my mother, I would tell my sister, I would tell my brother about this dream. Sometimes, you know, he would pull us into the TV. He would try and pull us into the TV. I never went into the TV, but I think he pulled my sister into the TV. He, I think he pulled my sister into the TV, but I don't think he ever really pulled any of us in. I think that he just scared us and got really close to it. And I would get really scared. And sometimes I would be too scared to fight for us. But it was always me fighting him. Because I was like, no. Like when I get really, really scared, I'm like, no, I can't let this happen. Then I start fighting him. But I noticed that's when I noticed he was afraid of me. And he would always keep it right before I was scared enough to start fighting for us. Just so he can get the fear. So he knows his limits. He knows when, you know... He can push you to a certain extent until you're going to start fighting and you're scared of him, just like a bully. You know, somebody who bullies you, they're going to keep bullying you and bullying you and bullying you. But if you get to that point where you're going to fight them and you can actually win, they're going to say, I'm not going to push them to that point because I'm actually afraid that they'll beat me up. So I'm just going to keep it right here since they're scared of me up until that point. I'm never going to push it that far. So some people believe, nah, bullies push it that far. And it's like, you think so, but they only push it as far as you allow them. 
And how many times have you been told that over the years growing up? Don't let them bully you. Fight back. But you fight back when you're still scared and you get beat up. But when you fight back when you like, even if you're still scared, you're like, I just can't lose. Or I would be losing too much. You notice that you win. So it's like they're really more afraid of you than you are of them. And that's what Satan is. He's a bully. He's more afraid of you than you are of him. You don't have, he doesn't have real power over you. So I'm dealing with that now, even with everything I've been shown, like all of the nightmares and stuff. Like I had that reoccurring dream for years as a child. And I will always be like so afraid waking up. Like it felt so real and it did so much to me. And I never forgot it for years. And I, I couldn't even forget it for years because I would have the same dream every night. And I grew up finding out, like, you're supposed to tell people about that. And I did, but I didn't, nothing ever happened. But now, where I am now, who I am now, what I see now, I realized that the entire time that was an indication of something, that was a clue, that was a key to what's going to be used in my future, my very near future, to break out of this generational curse of my bloodline that's been on my bloodline since before I was born. It's like a marking and it's God showing me who I am and what's going to happen. I always notice that I end up being the one that's fighting, but that doesn't mean that they couldn't fight too. You know, I just wound up in that position because I would get so scared to see him hurt them or hurt me. And, you know, even if I was like, I'm too scared of him to save them, anytime it would ever get too close where it's like, I'm really about to lose them to him, that's when I would fight him and he was scared, more afraid of me. So I noticed that about him. I see that manifesting right now. It's happening right now. You know, Satan has been bullying me and torturing me for two years now, longer even. But the day that he tried to take my sister, I fought back and I became more afraid of losing her than him killing me. And that's why Jesus says that he conquered death so he can no longer be, you know, so he has nothing to fear. Since he conquered death, you know, now he has all power. Because once you conquer death, the only threat that Satan has, the only thing he can threaten you with is death. Once you no longer fear death, he no longer has any control over you. That's how he stepped on the serpent's head. He conquered death. So I have to not fear dying. And that day I did not fear dying. I feared losing my sisters to death. So he showed his fear. But Jesus did have to help me. Jesus did have to help me because, you know, I did still have fear in my heart because I feared losing her. I cannot fear nothing. I cannot believe that he can win, even though I didn't believe he would ever win because I believed in God more and I believed that God would never let her die. But still, I still had enough fear that I felt like if I don't do it, he'll kill her. So it's like it's complicated. But it's a dynamic that Satan has with a lot of us. It's like you believe in God. You believe that God has more power over me so that that sustains you. But your fear of me taking something from you or taking your life will still keep you in the boundaries or in the lines that I want you in so that I can get that power from the fear that you have of losing certain things or your life to me. So... You have to conquer that fear. And the only way to conquer that fear is to either is to trust God more and to also not be willing to be willing to lose anything and everything, even your life. You cannot let him threaten your life. And you have to mean it for real. You have to know it in your heart because he knows he's been studying you. He knows if you're really afraid. He knows if you're really afraid to lose your life. And if you really not afraid, if you really are afraid to lose your life, he's going to be like, I'm calling your bluff. He's going to call your bluff. So if you give up before he would have given up, you lose. But if you notice that if you're not afraid to lose it, which means it really would take go on, going all the way because he may take you all the way to that point right before you. It's the last thread that you're hanging on to and it's just about to break. He will push you all the way to that extent. And if you would give up right, if you would give up before that because you're like, my thread's about to break, it's like poker. I never played poker in my life. But I do know that, you know, it's a lot of it, a big, a big majority of that game is about calling people's bluff. And you're staring them down. 
and that you don't know what they have and they don't know what you have. But it really comes down to who has the most courage and, and confidence in their hand. So when, you know, Satan, this entire time throughout the fight, when Satan was, you know, threatening me, the whole time he was only holding on, you know, he was holding on based off of my mindset of I'm, I can only hold on for this amount of time longer. So then he's like, okay, so then I'm going to hold on past the time that you can hold on. You say you can only hold on for three hours, so I'm going to hold on for four and I got you. You got to say, I will hold on forever. I'm never letting go. And if the more you prove that by going on and on and on and on, no matter how much he does to you, no matter what he throws at you, no matter how much it hurts because he's doing a million different things at once, don't think it's just about holding on. He's also trying to let you, make you let go. He got a bunch of different people tugging on you. He got all these people who's attacking you. You have to have enough strength and confidence to endure whatever it is he throws at you for however long. And then once he realized that you're not really going to let up because it means that much to you, you're not you're not afraid of losing your life. That's when eventually he lets up. And I figured that out. I figured out that that was the formula after that fight. Noticing that, you know... He really wasn't that scary. He really wasn't even that scary to a certain extent. But what put more fear back in me is the thought of having to do that again. Now, if I would have got up thinking, I could do that again. I, You know, I could do that however many times it takes. And I would I would never not be brave enough to do that. Like that's, you know, I could like if that all fear would have just subsided with that, then it would have been that. But right before... I conquered that. Jesus came down and he relieved me. And I really felt like I would never say Jesus is working with Satan, even though Satan has to get all his, you know, permission from Jesus. But I can't help but think about the, like, some something was telling me, and I believe it was God was telling me that, you know, he knows what he's doing. He allowed you to be saved right before, you know, you gave it 100% because he know once you had given it 100%, you would have never feared him ever again. He allowed you to be saved at like 90% when you gave it like 90% because he wanted to keep that 10% there so that he could, you know, always use it to scare you. Like you're not capable or like you're not able of achieving that. You have to achieve that. You have to get that too. And I got up like, after everything, I still have to do it all over again. And it was the fear of that last little percentage being left. I never wanted to do it again. But he knew that it was in my heart. Like, I would never want to do this again, but I would if I had to. So it's still that dynamic, that ongoing dynamic. Like, I can get rid of him 100%, but I would have to be willing to do it as many times as it takes all over again. Every single time, never letting up, just like that time. And when he doesn't have things to hold over my head, can I do it? So I have to do it without him threatening to take something away from me, like my life or my family. And so he knows what he's hanging over my head, but he's more afraid of me than I am of him. That being said, you know, I realize he's using everything around me as a distraction. So I had his vision I was in the game like a arena and then I remember thinking we went to this game like a week before and I was thinking me and my friend and I was thinking they announced like somebody's gonna be able to you know do a questionnaire with NBA Youngboy to 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 possibly win you know such and such and I forgot what it was but it's like, if your name is pulled, then you go. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I hope I really wish that I could do that. But even though at the same time, not really, like, so invested into it. Because I don't really, like, I've never been the type of person to win stuff like that ever my whole life. So I don't really believe it. And God has already always shown me, already has shown me that a lot of the things that's holding me back in life is my own mindset of things I've never had. So it doesn't matter what you've never had. And it doesn't matter what, what environment you've grown up in. But it is a mindset. Like, if you fat. Or if you grew up fat and you ever get skinny, you know, it's never, it was never about the weight. It's just about the mindset. Your mind is wrapped around for how long it's been kind of conditioned in a way to believe like it hinders you. 
the weight hinders you and it never did. So it doesn't really matter. You see people who are overweight and it never hindered them or stopping them from accomplishing anything, even athletic things. And it's because of the mindset. They never believed in their mind that it could stop them. Just like if you never believe in your mind or circumstances can stop you, then you cannot be stopped no matter what. You can always be anywhere in any environment. And for me, I never really knew if it really affected me that much. I just figured that one day I will find out. But I did see that I had the potential to not ever let it affect me when it came to something I really, really wanted. Because God always told me I can have anything I set my heart on. So I noticed that the potential to become whatever I wanted to be and never let anything in my life ever hinder me is what scares Satan the most. You know, he would be he wouldn't even bother me or have as much of an effect on me if I just believed it all the way. Anyways, he wouldn't even be a factor. But the fact that it's there, it could possibly be there, but just the potential to eliminate it or the potential that anything that it is that I want more than, you know, I fear, you know, consequences or other things happening is, you know, it's what's needed. I just have to want whatever it is way more than I fear not having it or that I'm conditioned to believe I cannot have something so I noticed like this is something that God has been bringing up to me a lot like different things when I see like different raffles over my in my life I've never really won raffles ever been caught you know ever been like the lucky lottery ticket winner or anything like that or even believe that's even possible like no I believe it's possible I believe it's a potential to has a potential to happen I don't want to rule it out but at the same time never seen it happen and I don't know if I could ever really like believe if that would happen but I just don't want to rule it out just in case it ever does don't want to jinx it in a way not that jinxing is a real thing but all I know is when they was calling out this this like lottery thing for and be a young boy, I was like, you know, oh, man, that would be so great if I could ever had that. That sounds really good. And in my mind, I'm just thinking about what it would be like to have it, but never really expecting to ever have it. And then a week later, we, we get it. We have it. And I, I just feel like it's too good to be true. And we're up in the skybox, and we're calling me and my friend. And all I know is, like, he is has a microphone, and it's like a camera behind us, and he's, like, asking us interview questions and stuff. And he's like, you know, asking us questions. And I'm just like, oh, I hope I get the answers right. But ultimately, just me making it up here, I already feel like I won. But, you know, I did already win. So it's like, I don't want to mess it up the opportunity to get more. But at the same time, it's like not, not wanting to be let down. So he's asking us the questions. And all I know is, like, he was talking to me. <laughs> And I remember thinking, like, hold on, like, if I'm really considering all that's been going on and this spiritual this spiritual warfare battle that I'm in, you know, am I really just meeting you right now for the first time or have is this really been you the whole time? And am I really not supposed to idolize you as if you are, like, some sort of, like, special individual when you're just like me? And I was really, like, trying to, like, stay on the reins of that, but also not trying to ruin the moment of, like, just the excitement of being chosen, like... You know, it's like, it's not that I want to idolize you, but I just want to feel good. Like, I finally got picked, you know, out of, like, millions of people who could have got picked. I don't even care to just you. It could have been anything. <laughs> it's just that I got picked. And then he was in my face and he was asking me questions. And all I know is I remember, like, he was right there and he had a microphone in my face. And I was just thinking, like, mm, I don't know if I really trust it, but I'm still going to just, like, be normal. And it's like he was coaching me, like, it's okay, just be normal, like, it's natural, like, if you're an actor, just be, like, normal and natural, don't even, like, think too hard or, or get too anxious or anything. But I think I saw him, like, like, he was, like, holding my chest. He was, like, holding my chest and my neck, like, pressing, pressing onto it, and I was, like, I remember, like, zoning out and then coming back, too. And that's only when I really thought into it, and I think I searched somewhere in my heart or in my mind, or just anywhere, and I was thinking, like, what would somebody react like if they was, like, really, like, starstruck, and I think that might have been when I blacked out and acted, like, crazy or something, oh, my God, it's such and such, but any other time, like, you know, this is normal, this is not, you know, 
it's not, I don't feel like it's the first time I'm really meeting you. But I remember he was sitting in my face. He was talking to me. And I couldn't really focus because, mind you, it's like I am. I got all these different thoughts in my head, all these different people talking at once. And I honestly think that it wasn't even me that was starstruck. But I just don't want to rule that out. And he said to me, he was like, wow, your birth really stinks. <laughs> and I was like... He said that. He did say that. I was like, and I was like, people was like, coach him, like, don't repeat it. Don't repeat what you just said. You're going to hurt our feelings and stuff. And I was like, no, it really does hurt my feelings. But at the same time, it's like, I would, like, my breath stinks. And this is supposed to be just like a dream or a vision. So this is real. This is real. And either you really in my face right now or somebody pretending to be you disguising themselves as you like right now if i you know put my heart or my mindset on anything or anybody right now could i be any appear as anybody but i just don't do that because i know it's dangerous it's dangerous to do that so it's just it's lying you know but you know i didn't still didn't believe it i still gave it the benefit of the doubt but it was just like your breath stinks and i was like i don't think this is really him but if it is really him, has it always been really him? Is it ever really him? Or, like, am I tripping? Because if it's this is him the whole time, it's like it's nothing to be so surprised about or so, you know, gung-ho about. But if it's not him, then it's like, you know, same thing. Because I'm fighting this all the time. And I just I just want to embrace the moment while it's here. I don't really believe in any of this stuff, honestly. And even if I did believe it, like, you know, I won't say I don't believe it or I do. It's just that I trust, you know, I see what God is doing here. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I guess we'll see. I just have to trust God way more, you know. And I guess we'll see. And he's only He's only one I trust. So we'll see what he's doing here and why this is happening the way it is. But all this him saying my breath stink, I thought I thought back to like in real life. In real life and I'm gonna be honest. Like right now I'm fasting toothpaste and I know somebody <laughs> I know somebody would be like, What? Fasting toothpaste, yes, and soap and shampoo and conditioner and you know, a lot of stuff. I'm fasting them, and it's like, why do you, why would you think you had to fast these things? Because God showed me in the spirit, even as a child, that this stuff is made, you know, through these companies that do not care about us at all. And the products that's using these things are, you know, demonic. In the spirit, like, you feel like you're clean and you're so, you know, you smell so good and you, you like the stuff, whatever. It's, it's nothing. It's, it's natural. It shouldn't be. It should be the bare minimum. And in the spirit, you have bugs crawling all over you because of the products and the companies that are in covenant with the devil that's producing the products. So I was putting on deodorant one day and God showed me bugs crawling all over my body in the spirit. Right up underneath my armpit where I just put the deodorant on, it was bugs, millions of them crawling on me. So I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And I just started fasting everything. And I was like, but God, what do I do? Like, what do I do about body odor? And God is like, we're not supposed to even smell. It's the food that's in the products. That it's, it's the products and the hormones and all that other stuff that they're putting in the food that we eat nowadays. Even the vegetables that make us smell. We're not even supposed to have a body smell. I was like, because people didn't use these products and stuff to smell good or to strip themselves of this smell. And God is like, because we never smelled. When Jesus was here on earth, they didn't have a smell. Nobody smelled because it wasn't all this stuff in his food. So I'm supposed to be fasting the food too, but that's been the issue for me. It gets really hard. But all I know is he told me this as a kid. He was like, all these products and stuff, it puts, like, in the spirit, you should see what they look like. It's disgusting. Everything is so disgusting. It's like creatures and bugs and all kinds of stuff crawling around in the spirit on you because you're not, because you're living in sin. 
you're not listening to God, you're not being obedient, only God can. I'm like, but if it's so impossible like that, it's impossible to not use these products and, you know, still smell good. It's impossible to not eat what they are, you know, providing for us in these stores here. We don't, where else are we going to get our food? We can't have, you know, unless you're going to make manna fall from heaven again. We are kind of stuck here and we don't have a choice. And God is like, what's impossible with man is possible with God. So he's like, if you do every, if you do everything that I say and you're obedient, then you won't have to worry about this stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to trust you and not doubt what you said. And the more that I would fast and do what God said, I noticed I didn't have a body smell. And I didn't have a body odor and I was healed. Like I didn't have issues. Like, you know, I wouldn't have pain when I'm where I'm supposed to be with God. And I wouldn't smell in the food. I wouldn't be hungry when I'm really where I'm supposed to be with God, but it's very hard to maintain that because I had so many different things fighting me in the spirit and Satan lying to me at all times and I was being distracted. So this is, this goes back to, you know, the illusion that he is always, you know, have, he always has you in to believe that this stuff matters to distract you from what God is trying to bring you to. And God said the only way to combat that is to get on my knees and never come off them until I am may until i'm cleansed completely but right now i'm still too heavy because of the weight of my sin and the only way to get rid of that is to fast be obedient and give it to god he's given me an opportunity that a lot of people do not have here and you know he wants to give this opportunity to more people but a lot of people aren't willing to do it and i see why it seems like it's really hard very hard to, you know, focus on when you're being tempted by Satan to believe that you don't have to do all that and that all of that isn't necessary. And then you have all these different things against you fighting you. And it's really, really hard, hard and it's sad and it's challenging and it's overcoming everything you've ever been hindered by, every trauma, everything in the world and trusting God more. So, but it's, it's the fact is that it is obtainable. I said, God, it's unobtainable. I cannot obtain this. And God has said, it's obtainable. So this is the night that he showed me my big sister. My mother miscarried before my oldest brother. And they were supposed to be twins. But it was a girl. And he showed me her. And she looks just like a mixture of my mom, me, and my sister. And she is so beautiful in heaven and happy. And her attitude is like a mixture between my oldest brother and my sister and me. But she told me, like, you can do this. It's obtainable. And my mom said that God had shown her that she was in heaven. I think I believe my mom saying that she had shown, God had shown her that, you know, her dermis carried child was in heaven. And I saw her all growing up. She's like 30 something. So it's crazy because that's the exact age that she would actually be. That's what, that's what age she is. But if you do the math, when my mom miscarried her, that's what age she is. And it's amazing, you know. All aborted and miscarried children go to heaven. We don't ever have to worry about that. I'm sure that will make somebody's day. But all I know is, you know, I feel I can only blame myself at this point. After everything I've been shown, everything God has done to prove to me who he is and what he's doing in my life. I can only blame myself at this point if I am not, if I do not obtain it. And obviously talking about it, it's not going to get me there. And I've gotten so much support that I shouldn't expect. But I should. But, you know, I'm also reminded that last year this time, God tried to give me a chance to be raptured by his love, his immense love. And it was so much love, it could kill you. I just had to be willing to let it kill me. But Satan, he was trying to distract me by trying to mix God's love and pervert it into something sexual. And try to convince me that, you know, it was more of a man-wife thing. 
that's not an issue. But when he perverts it to a sexual thing, when I know that God just loves us in the purest way without ever having to, you know, mix that with sexual desires ever. It made it hard. You know, I shouldn't have let it distract me, but I wasn't allowing it to distract me as best as possible. And, you know, I, I just wouldn't let it kill me. I should have been willing to let it. So now I don't want to keep making excuses, but I just know that what I have to do, who God is. And I also am realizing that if I don't ever do this, if I never am able to do it and I never obtain it, that, you know, that'll be my fault. That'll be my own fault. I will have nobody but myself to blame because it's not God. I cannot blame God. Like Satan wants me to. He wants me to blame God and turn away from him and I can't. But I also want to trust him no matter what. He said to me that I'm going to get it no matter what, but God said he doesn't want me taking advantage of Jesus' love. So I want to do the work. I do. And he had already shown me that why the work is necessary. And I accepted that, that he was right about that. And ever since, he's been holding me accountable. Like, you know why it's necessary to do it. So, can't pretend as if, you know, I can't do it. But also, it's it's just hard. It's just hard. So, the vision, that's what I've been seeing. You know, I'm noticing because it's close to so-called holidays, so I'm supposed to consider the holidays. Like last year around Valentine's Day, but God told me that Valentine's Day didn't matter. And I am having a trouble coming out of this world and these holidays and celebrations that do not matter to God. But it is obtainable and it will happen and... I just have to trust him.